0: It's Wednesday, October 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio, Dave Meyer, and from Fool.com, Taylor Mockerman. Happy Wednesday, guys. Happy Sorry. Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Um, hump Day. Oh, yeah. How great is that commercial? <laughs> it's I, 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 it's I, wonderful. And, and I think it's only greater that um, I saw a story, some local news uh, somewhere did a story about like teachers in a school just flipping up because kids <laughs> love the commercial. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the Geico commercial. Just go to YouTube, type in Geico Hump Day. And how about Geico. some free insurance for that?
1: Right, yeah. At least 100 of those views are mine on exactly. YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> you know what?
0: How about a little sponsorship guy? there we go <laughs> throw a little love our way anyway uh it's earnings palooza we're gonna talk pepsi intel yahoo let's start with pepsi dave um third quarter they beat on profit they missed on revenue
2: would you make of the quarter beverages not selling as well snacks doing awesome <laughs> it, it's it. it that's, that's the way it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, sales and, uh, across, the, across the globe, sales were down. Uh, si- similar thing we saw at Coca-Cola in the last quarter as well. Um, but snack foods coming to the rescue. Diversification at its best that's right. right there. Chester the Cheeto. Um, I'm a Coke shareholder. I'm not a
0: Pepsi shareholder. I don't know the company as well. One of the things we talked about the other day about Coca-Cola's quarter was – You look at their business and their tea business, they're the parent company of Honest Tea and Fuse, obviously not as big as the soda business, but it is growing. And by double digits, put that up against the fact that in North America, we've had declining soda sales over the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. One, what does Pepsi have in its stable of brands to, to hit that market? And two, do you think at some point I'm, – I'm not on any level suggesting that Coke or Pepsi is going to get to the point where they're, they're changing what they're doing dramatically to the point where they're saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're now a tea company. We're now all about the bottled water. But it does seem like increasingly both of those companies, certainly Coca-Cola, is looking to the bottled water, the tea, the non-carbonated the non soda market to for their growth.
2: Yeah, uh, well, Pepsi owns Lipton. Okay. perhaps you've go. heard of that. I've, I've heard <laughs> of that <tea> company. <laughs> um, I will. I will honestly say I didn't know that before I looked it up. Uh, they also have Pure Leaf, um, and they have some uh, sponsored by uh, Tezo and sobi, So it looks like they're they're also pretty serious. Um, water. It's it's unbelievable how strong. Water bottled water sales continue to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this isn't a new phenomenon, and uh, on on you know whether it's Aquafina or Dasani, depending yeah. on your brand, yeah. uh, it's fantastic.
0: Taylor, I have to believe that if you're working in the bottled water division of either of those companies, you're you're doing some boasting to the other divisions. Like <laughs> yeah, it just it just to Dave's point, just in terms of gross margins, they, you're, they, feeling, pretty you're feeling pretty good about it. you're feeling pretty good about it. Let me hit you, though, with the – I don't want to say the age-old question about Pepsi, but certainly this has been a a growing drumbeat among some big investors, and that is the notion of splitting up, spinning off Frito-Lay, splitting up the beverage business and the snack business. And this gained some – I don't want to say traction, but gained some attention this summer where you had Nelson Peltz, the billionaire, coming forward and saying they should acquire Mondelez, they should create a snack food giant and just split them up mm-hmm. Warren Buffett was on CNBC this morning he yeah. basically said why would you do that why would you do that what, who are you siding with in this
2: um, I will side with uh, I, I believe it would be Buffett here um, let them be let them compete and the reason is as a consumer that's what I want I don't want one bit you know I don't want a big snack company that's going to be uh, you know, so raising the, prices keep, keep them keep, together keep them together But but that's from a consumer standpoint
1: yeah, I mean, from an investor standpoint, I think I would have to agree with that as well. Because if you split the if the beverage business continues to do as poorly as it has over the last several quarters, um, you're essentially splitting off a struggling business, and who's going to want to own shares in that when when Frito Lay is the real growth driver here? Um, obviously, maybe water business could bail them out. But I don't, I don't foresee that. I mean, you have so many different bottled water companies out there that there's just a lot of competition to where I don't think any specific company has a competitive advantage over their target market. Um, so, for me as a Pepsi investor, I'm not. But if I was, I would appreciate them sticking together, or I would cut bait and just jump on Free to Lay if they split. It also seems like that's that's a nice. If that's going to play
0: out, if they're going to go that route, that's a nice one-time event. Oh, yeah. great! I've right. got. I've uh, we've unlocked the value, but it seems like a one-time event as opposed to PayPal and eBay. I've and I'm an eBay shareholder, but if they ever split off PayPal. I look at that and think, well, those are, those are two viable business in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. eBay, maybe five, six, seven years ago, the marketplace business was really struggling. That's no longer the case. That seems like a, a, a much better benefit for shareholders, whereas I, 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 I'm with you guys. I yep. think that, uh, that keeping Pepsi together the way it is, is is probably the way to go.
2: What I want to know is how are beverage sales down when prices just keep going up? They're more and more expensive every time I I go to buy one. Yeah, that's true. I guess they said (laughs) volumes were down like 4%, so struggling
1: to keep up with cost inflation there. But but anyway, keep going.
2: Intel's
0: third quarter, uh, $3 billion in profit, and Taylor, uh, the market shrugged. Yeah. Which is just—it's <laughs> just amazing. I, I'm, I, I shouldn't be, but I am still amazed at these companies that can rake in literally billions of dollars in a single quarter, and the mar- market reaction is like, "Well, yeah, we're we're kind of expecting that."
1: Well, I think you know, if you look at Intel, they're so heavily tied to the PC market that investors look at the industry that they're involved in as well. Year-over-year uh, year, shipments still dropped in the PC market, although Intel didn't drop. Uh, along with the market as they have in the past few quarters. So maybe they're riding the ship a little bit. They've come out with a lot of new products since August. I think they touted about 40 to be exact. And a lot of those have been facing the mobile, the mobile department. So maybe over the next couple of quarters, we could see how those gain some market share, hopefully for the company. And if that's the case, then investors will probably be a lot more pleased with the results.
0: What do you think of Intel when you look at it? And what I mean by that is, How do you view Intel the stock? Mm -hmm. How should the average investor – because once upon a time, it was the high-flying growth company. Has it made the leap to it's now the, the, the steady, it's not going anywhere kind of business? I'm not a shareholder. For the average person who just looks at the company, how should we view the stock?
1: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I think it's more of a stable company now, unless they can really tap into the mobile market, um, which they hope to do with one of their new Haswell chips. It's a low-power chip, which they're putting in the likes of Intel, of their own Ultrabook and the Microsoft Surface tablet. So if you see sales from those two pick up, um, you could definitely see them getting into the, the more mobile, uh, they quoted power sippers. Um, so, uh, I'm you know, sorry, what? Power sippers, what I guess is, they want to call that? it. Instead of power gulpers. Yeah, instead of power gulpers, like your PCs or your Laptops. Okay. So we're going with the, the more <laughs> low-intense uh, handheld models of, of devices. So, Did you just invent that phrase? No, no, no. Uh, I saw it online. I'm not sure if it was a quote. I for, think I uh, just invented power gulpers. Yeah, we'll now. give that to the Molly <laughs> Fool. That's a foolery quote right there.
0: Power gulpers. <laughs> okay.
1: I think Pepsi should start to use that for their Gatorade <laughs> and Lipton lines. Yeah, um, exactly. in partnership.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I'll add is yes, there there's no there is there is no growth right now. Um, e- even though uh, the server business uh server chip business is doing well there's declines in the PC um segment as as Taylor said um the option is mobile the the interesting thing is there's mo- intel is so late to the game Yeah, it's unbelievable and there and the the production of their broad uh, broadwell chip is now being pushed back which is again for the mobile market mm-hmm. um you know, and and we can't forget ARM is not sitting still, and everyone who uses ARM, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, etc., they're not standing still. Um, I, you know, I would say if if you're an investor in Intel, you have to believe that they are going to they are going to hit that one out of the park, um, and if not, it's going to be more of the same. It's just going to be <laughs> plodding along with no growth.
0: But ultimately, doesn't something like that come back to management when you see a company that has not only miss the boat, but it sounds like to some degree they're ignoring that the boat ever left yeah. in the Is, first place. Isn't that place. why we
2: have new management? Uh, uh, that's yeah. got to be
1: part of it in my opinion. How
0: how yeah. long do we give new management to, to show results?
1: I guess you have to let them – Try and run this product cycle out with these new these forty new uh, initiatives that they've run out since August. So it's only been a couple months. Yeah, I mean you got to figure a couple quarters at least in order to see how much market share they can try and grab with these new lineups.
2: In, in an article, um, I believe coming out of the out of the Times, um, it looks like the new CEO was looking for at least eighteen months. That was the number he quoted as saying. You know, it's going to take me a while to get the get the get things going in the right direction. Eighteen months—that can be an eternity in technology. It can be, but I
0: I feel like that's fair for uh, any incoming CEO to essentially set expectations. Just we see this in sports all the time: a new coach, a new general manager. What are you saying? Intel's
2: a big company,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but but as opposed to what we saw with Carol Bartz at Yahoo, who had been on the job, I believe, two years, maybe two and a half years. And questions were starting to arise about the company performance under her, and she said, uh, "I really think that it should be. I should have four years." And it's like you know what? <laughs> if, if you had said that in your first month on the job, you might have gotten four years. But two and a half, you know, two two and a half years into the job, you can't you can't move the goalposts like that.
1: You have to look at you know Hewlett Packard as one of the companies that did that CEO tango for a couple of years and just shuffling people in and out and. They've slowly started to recover, but it took them a while, and they, it's because I think they left the current CEO in the suite for long enough. Speaking of Hewlett Packard, did you guys see the story? I think I, I think it was
0: yesterday I saw it that Mark Hurd, the former CEO of HP, is now being mentioned by the great mentioner as the potential next CEO
1: of Microsoft. I've not heard that. It's I interesting. I've heard that. I, I, you
0: know he he left uh he left HP under a cloud i think yeah. that's i think that's fair to say but i think it's also fair to say that while he was at, at hp he he did a great job yeah. turning the company around so anyway it it'll be interesting to see how the uh the drama at microsoft and the race to replace <laughs> steve uh, bomber plays out let's wrap up with yahoo yep. uh, latest quarter the results seem to be a little bit better than people expected, but Taylor, it really seems like the story for this quarter is Alibaba.
1: Yeah, it's surprising. You know, you will talk about Yahoo, and it's typically all about Yahoo, but here it is, their 24% stake in Alibaba, uh, I guess the Chinese version of eBay and Amazon. Um, they're pending their IPO, so with that stake, Yahoo looks to capture a pretty large market share of a company that you've seen estimates ranging from JP Morgan's 90 to $100 billion enterprise value, all, or market cap value, all the way up to canner Fitzgerald, which dropped the $150 billion mark on this wow. Alibaba company. So, uh, you know, they decided to not sell 50% of their stake. They're going to hold on to 40% or hold on to 60% of it. So investors like that a little bit better than uh, their, um, you look at their Earnings from advertising not doing quite as well this quarter, so yeah. uh, this could be a nice, nice jump for them.
2: So is Marissa Meyer, Is she? Uh, is she a CEO or is she a hedge fund manager?
1: Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> well, you know, twenty four percent stake for Yahoo is a pretty large chunk because
2: the core business is not doing well. No, it's not. Um, she, yeah.
0: had a, she had a great first year. Really? The you look at the company results, you look at what the stock did. She had a tremendous first year but that just raises the bar for the second (laughs) year. And, uh, yeah, I mean— I I,
2: I need four years. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean,
0: mean, again, she had an amazing rookie season, but I think that to that point, Dave, year two, if year two is going to be about Alibaba, and I don't disagree with that move. I think when you look at the estimates— and let's be clear— uh, for those who haven't really focused on it, and it's it's a private company, and, and so no real need to focus on it, but the numbers for Alibaba and what it, it will be when it is public, those numbers have just continued to grow over time. I mean it wasn't that yeah. long ago where the story was, wow – Alibaba, when it goes public, it could be a forty billion dollar company, and now we're looking <laughs> yeah, at generally. and now we're now looking adding a zero. Yeah, yeah. We're, exactly. we're looking to double that. So I, I, I don't disagree with Yahoo. That sounds like a smart strategy. But to your point, Dave, it does. Uh, you know, the flip side of that coin is the operations pale in comparison.
2: Yeah. The, well, forty percent of their revenue comes from display ads, uh, which was down seven percent um, at the end of the year. Um, Google is supposed to have seventeen point four percent market share in display ads. Facebook seventeen and, percent, um, and and Yahoo ending the year at seven point seven. Yahoo was the leader, and now they're a distant third yeah. to two huge companies ahead of them. You know that's the you know the, that's those are the types of things that m- she has
1: to turn around. And Twitter she- hasn't even gotten into the mobile <laughs> ad game yet either. Oh so. yeah, there's Twitter <laughs> coming <laughs> yeah. too.
0: Yeah that. IPO is now looking like it's going to be a month from now the 15th or the 16th of November. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys interested?
2: Yes. <laughs> are you? Absolutely.
0: Not in the IPO though. Like are you bu- you're not buying into the IPO, are you?
2: If if I could I've been searching for shares. Really? really?
0: I have. Did Facebook's IPO teach you nothing? <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> it taught Wall Street something. Why
2: do you assume it's going to be the same as Facebook?
0: I, I'm not assuming it's going to be exactly the same as Facebook, but I look at Facebook's IPO, and that to me is the clearest example in recent history of don't buy on the IPO. Look at how the company performs after its first couple of quarters. Because yep. if you bu- if you bought on day one of Facebook, a year later your shares are still underwater. If you buy – six months into it being a public company, at the one you know, at the yeah. one year anniversary of the IPO, you're sitting pretty and now you're doing the happy dance because yes. the stock is is, you know, probably tripled from where you bought it six months into being a public company. Twitter interests me, it is absolutely a stock I'm gonna put on my watch list. But there is no way in hell I'm buying into that IPO, even if I could get shares. You
1: don't think it's the next potbelly more than doubling on its uh, first day of trading? I, I think
0: Twitter is, uh, I think they're smart. Yeah, I think I they're going to raise a lot of money. When you look at the stories about how they are going to banks, investment banks, and saying, hey, you want in on our IPO? Yeah. We know what we're worth. We know what it's going to mean to you. And we want to see you cut your fees. I think that's smart. I think they're going to have a successful IPO in the way that Facebook had a successful IPO. They raised a lot of oh, they sure did. But people,
2: people who bought in that first day, man, they were holding the bag for a while. So I'm actually looking for pre, pre-shares. Some, sometimes uh, the brokerages can get them and you can get in a lottery. I haven't been able to find any yet, but I'm looking to get in before.
0: Why don't you just buddy up to someone who works there and say, hey I'll take, I'll
1: take your options off your hand. They're going to be worthless in five years
0: <laughs> Go to Craigslist and you know do, you know go to the personal section you know you do, probably could
1: try that out yeah, there in California Dave Meyer seeking Dave. <laughs> add a
0: whole new section to Craigslist. Taylor and Dave Meyer. Guys, thanks for being here. You got it.
1: Thank
2: you. As
0: always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our man Steve Broido helping us out on the other side of the glass today. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.